Hello and welcome to So Don't Be Unpicked with me, Rob. And me, Sean. And it's week nine, Japanese week. But before we start that, let's do our disclaimer. We are not associated with the Great British Sonby, with Love Production or with the BBC. This is just a personal podcast with two friends talking about a show they really enjoy. So Japanese week, what did you think about this, Sean? I really, really like this one. And I won't lie that patented i mean i i love a kimono but that pattern scared the living daylights out of me um but yeah i really like this one i thought this was a fun one there was a bit of controversy towards the end well two bits of controversy towards the end um yeah i really liked it and i felt like i learned something as well like the um the transformation was quite a eye-opener i'd never heard of this thing before and now i I feel very educated. I thought this was a good one. I really liked it. I did too. I really enjoyed this episode. And I wasn't 100% sure what they were going to do because they've done a kind of Japanese-themed one before, I think on series five or six, where it was Ricardo, Leah, Juliet and Jen. Yeah. Um, and I remember their origami tops that they did. So I was a bit like, oh, okay, they're revisiting a topic. Yeah. Um, but we got some very different things here. Um, some other very Japanese inspired with the pattern challenge and the transformation challenge, which I thought, again, like you just said, was very educational. Um, I'd heard of uh, Sashiko before, and it's one of the things that pops up on my pinterest and on my instagram sponsored stuff all the time little videos that people do in sashiko and so i've always kind of wanted to do it but i haven't actually got anything to repair with it so (laughs) (laughs) i have to wait until something rips before i can have a go at that yeah i'd never ever heard of it before i've seen a lot it's one of those things i've seen loads i've seen on uh pinterest i've seen on instagram i've I've had these things popping up all the time, but it never had a name to it. Um, and now I feel like I've learned something rather than that. Oh, that's cute. Um, what is it? I now know what it is. It's yeah, I really liked it. I did think it was quite an interesting transformation challenge as well, because I get that they were trans transforming it into something new, but I was kind of missing that transforming one garment into something else aspect. But we'll go on to that in a bit. Yes. um... But before we make a start, I thought it would be nice to pay a little bit of homage to uh, the sewers that were on this season that are no longer with us in in the uh, sewing room. You make it sound like they've died. Yeah, no. As I said it, I went, oh my god, that, that's just made it sound really, really grim. <laughs> it's not as dark, just the ones that aren't with us in the sewing room anymore. Not the one... Yeah, okay. <laughs> that didn't come out the way I intended it to. I am very sorry if I've just scared anyone. <laughs> so, I, so, episode one, we said goodbye to Mitch. Yes. Which was a shame because... I thought he was just a lovely bundle of energy. Um, but yeah, it was sad to see him go, but someone's got to be first. Someone's always got to be first. And then there was Chi Chi, who yeah. broke my heart because 
had leopard print. She's a woman of science. I was madly in love with this woman and she left me on episode two. Uh, Richie, who is our little history, history. God, why did I say that weird? History buff who loves historical costumes. Uh, who sadly was let down when his inspiration was Sex in the City 2, which to be fair, I mean, I think that was his downfall by being inspired by Sex in the City 2. Um, we then said goodbye to Steve, who I know you were a massive fan of. Oh, he was good. Good, good, good old Steve. Did you see that shirt he made a little while ago? The, was it the African print one? Or... No, there was one and it was like, I'll need to find it and I'll share it on the Instagram, but it was like different colours. Oh. He... Blocked and I was just like, I really want that. Was it a denim? He's done a denim jacket, which is like blue and pink, which is like so incredibly well done. Like the stitching on it is insane. No, I think I've, I want to say it was black, white, and purple. Oh, okay. I could, I could be wrong. My memory hasn't been great recently. Since turning 30, my memory's gone right out the window. Uh, so then we said goodbye to Marnie. Oh, Marnie. Big shocker of this season. Um, yeah, I, I still quite haven't gotten over Marnie going. I really had a set for being right till the end. And yeah, we sadly had to say goodbye to Marnie. Then there was Angela, who, uh, yeah, I she was just adorable. I loved Angela. I thought she was dead cute. And yeah, it was sad, really sad to see her go because she was sort of the mum of the group as well. And she just, she was that sort of person that you just know if she gave you a hug, everything would be all right. Yeah, bless her. Then the one that made us both cry when we had to say goodbye to Jill, who then made us cry a couple of days later by sending us a voice note. Um, so, yeah, Jill's made us cry a lot. <laughs> and then we had to say goodbye to Christian, the last guy of the group, um, which was very, very sad to see him go because we are advocates for men trying getting into sewing and showing off their sewing skills because boys sew too. So we were then left with our top four: Annie, Brogan, Deborah, and Man Yi. Yes, um, I was going to save this to the end, but um, out of those four, two were in my pick in week one to go into the final. Actually, let's let's hold that thought till we get to the end. Okay, wait. I'm just going to grab my notebook. And hopefully I can find the page that I wrote with the person. Oh, God, I've just knocked everything over. While you do that, I will introduce the pattern challenge. Yeah. The, the pattern challenge was a kimono-inspired wrap dress that was created by Esme and her friend, Wakako. And it they had five hours. Now, I counted, I think that there was, it was ten pieces uh, for this pattern because some were doubled up and it was some of the pieces were extremely long some of the largest pieces I've seen on any pattern they seem to go on for miles it also had a stand-up collar um, which had nods to the kimono and I watched a documentary about about geishas and um, Japanese culture and history a while ago. And I remember there being a bit 
in there about the stand-up collar and how it's done so that it shows the back of the neck, which in Japan is seen as an erogenous zone and very, very sexual and very a, a very sexed part of a woman's body, the, the kind of nape of the neck. So I thought that was quite interesting. Okay. Um, I thought this, when they first announced it, didn't seem like a terribly difficult challenge. But then as they got into it, I realised that actually there was a lot of very difficult sewing here and bits that they wouldn't be familiar with. What did you think of the pattern? I really, really liked it. But like you, when they said, oh, kimono, I was like, easy peasy, I can make one of those blindfolded. Then when Esme said it was especially made by her and her friend, I went, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and none of my kimonos will ever, ever live up to something that Esme has personally created for the show. I thought it, they were beautiful. Though. I really, I mean, the pattern was huge. I mean, my favourite bit was Manny going, I'm going to use the big table. <laughs> and when I don't even think the big table is big enough. I would have been on the floor cutting that. But um, yeah, they were big pattern pieces. They were mahoosive pattern pieces. But I, yeah, I thought this was really good. I, it was really, really interesting to see. I love the collar. I've learned a couple of little bits that I can do next time I make myself a kimono. I thought it was a good one. I really, really liked it. I really, it scared me, but I liked uh, yeah. it. <laughs> me too. I really liked the look of the final dress as well. I thought mm-hmm. it was really beautiful. I'm hoping that maybe Esme releases the pattern. I don't know whether she'd sell it or whether they'll put it. There is a couple of free patterns on the Great British Sewing Bee website. I checked today and that one isn't on there. Damn it. It it may be in the book. There's a book that kind of loosely accompanies the series, I think. It's kind of very loosely. Um, so I maybe have to check that out because I wouldn't mind actually giving that dress a go. No, I think that would be a great one to try out. So we should probably crack on with yep. how they did. So there's only four of them now. So starting at the bottom, we had Deborah who'd used a grey fabric with a bamboo print, which I thought was really nice. Um, But the issue I kind of think Deborah had was she decided that she was going to do the lining of the dress in the same fabric and the collar of the dress in the same same fabric and then just use kind of the cream fabric for the tie. And as she was saying this to the judges, I did think to myself that when she's putting this together the lining and the outer dress it's going to become really confusing especially if you're not Mm -hmm. used to this pattern trying to um, line everything up and battle through and work out what bits are what suddenly become much more difficult when everything looks the same whereas some of the other sewers who'd chosen a contrast lining, then you can instantly see as you're sewing something, oh, that's red and that's yellow. You yeah. can tell the difference. Oh, that's the lining, that's the outer. So I think she made things more difficult for herself than she had to. I can understand why some people want to use a self-lined, as a dress, using self-lined fabric, because... If it does peak out, you don't notice it. Yeah. It's the same colour. Mm. 
But at the same time, the actual process is, I think, a little more difficult because it becomes very confusing unless you're really familiar with the pattern. Yeah. She also had a bit of an issue where she'd sewn too far down on the sleeve and it was kind of pulling everything out of shape. What did you think of Deborah's dress? I love the fabric choice. Um, I didn't hate the fact that the only bit of contrast she had was on the belt. I didn't hate that. I thought it was quite cute, actually. Um, And it's rare that I disagree with the judges, but I didn't hate it. I thought it was quite cute. I like the fact that it was just the bow that contrasted against it. But I do completely agree that she should have used, even if she had just used a dark grey material to line it, even if there was a bit peaking, it wouldn't have been so obvious. But yeah, she definitely struggled because it was the moment she had to turn it out, um, that was when she got confused. The moment they had to bag out the whole garment, it was hard to tell which bit was where, what was the inside, what was the outside. But yeah, fabric-wise, I thought it was beautiful. Um, But yeah, it's just a shame that there were those errors there. And I was... I mean, I know we're down to the top four, so there's always going to be one person in the bottom. But I, it kind of shocked me a little bit because I've always had in my head that Deborah's been quite pattern perfect. She may not always be in the top three, but she's. I've never. I don't remember her doing bad on a pattern challenge. I might be wrong. My memory has has gone out the window this week. But yeah, I was quite shocked to see Deborah in the bottom. Yeah, I, without going through my notes for the whole series, I don't really remember seeing at the bottom. I think she's been kind of either top half or kind of middle a lot of the series on the pattern change. I think next series, when I do this, I'm going to do a spreadsheet with all of them and then I I can have it next to me and then I can see and I just refer to it very quickly. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. I've got my notebook. I mean, yeah. She's from the notes that I've still got with me, she's always been kind of middle to top five. So, yeah, it was quite shocking to see her. But then I suppose we are down to the top four now, and it's going to be the best of the best out of the group. So, and someone's got to come bottom at some point, definitely. And they're all very talented, so they are they really are. So in third place, we had Brogan, who had produced a, uh, it was a blue fabric with uh, little dragonflies on and a contrast beige fabric. And she had used contrast lining. There was a, a contrast collar and belt. Now, Brogan had some issues with timing here and it ended up not being quite finished. The lining was a little bit short, so that was pulling the outer fabric up Um there was an issue where she hadn't hand sewn the hole um, where she'd bagged it out. Um, yeah, they, they, I, it looked cute from a distance, but mm-hmm. there were a, f- a few issues going on here. Yeah, there were a couple of issues. Again, great fabric choice. I, I mean, I, I can't critique anyone on their fabric choices for this challenge. I think they all picked really, really appropriate fabrics that looked and really worked well with the pattern. Um, again, she's one that I was... I mean, I know, again, we're down to the top four. 
But again, it was one of those I thought Pat and Perfect Brogan worried me a little bit here. Like that she she was in third place. Um, I know she has technically fallen in third place, but when you're looking at it from a four people perspective, you kind of think oh, she's going to end up always being higher in first place. But yeah, it's a shame. She didn't finish some bits. The lining was cut short, so it didn't sit nicely. I mean, both she and Manny appeared to have a bit of an issue with their lining. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, from a distance, hers looked fantastic. It was just when you got right up close to the little details that that was where she got let down. So moving on to second place, we have Man Yi, who used a red floral fabric with an off-white uh, contrasting fabric. There was an issue here with the collar where it was kind of pulling a little bit too far away. And I think Esme thought it was maybe, old Patrick thought it was maybe something to do with the lining. Um, and again, she had the same issue that Brogan did where her lining was cut a little bit too short. So it was kind of pulling the uh, back at the back of the dress it was kind of pulling it under slightly um again i thought it was a it was a really cute looking uh, kimono style wrap dress i thought it was you know the kind of thing that a lot of women would probably like to wear it was cute again fabric choice spot on i love the contrast small little issues but i can't really fault her i thought this was a really really good one I know that the uh, back of the neck on the collar was pulling a little bit, but she did really good. I really liked it, and I loved the contrasting colours. I think she picked a really, really good combo to work with there. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it did. It, it, I really enjoyed that contrast as well. I thought it was a really strong because the off-white was kind of picking up something within the, the red. That... Yeah just looked really like they were just meant to be together. There's something about kind of that kind of off-white creamy colour when it's paired to like a kind of dark burgundy red that just looks so lovely. It's such a lovely colour combination. Definitely. Now, going on to first place, we've got Annie uh, who had used, it was like a red geo um with a cream fabric. Now, there isn't really anything you can critique um, about Annie's dress. It seemed like it was absolutely superb, crisp sewing. Uh, she'd split the line in, and I wonder if it was because she didn't have enough of either of the fabrics. So she thought, but I want to use these fabrics, so what I'll do is I'll cut the lining piece in half uh, and use half of both. So I thought that was a very smart thing to do. Uh, and I absolutely loved how huge and crisp her bow was. I thought it was absolutely amazing. And I thought that Annie was actually quite a long way ahead of the other three here. I thought her kimono looked like a whole level above everybody. Mm -hmm. It just looked so professional. Um, do, do you agree? 100%. And whether that split lining was a design feature that she came up with and just went, yep, yeah, that's what I want to do, 
or whether it was just a lucky accident because she had run out of either of the fabrics to be able to create the lining. I don't care. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It just elevated that kimono to a brand new level and she 100% deserved first place for this. It was utterly beautiful. Definitely. I mean, there's not a lot more we can say about that. (laughs) I think the one bit that I really loved most about Annie's was that she had the two contrasting fabrics when it came to colour, but they both had the same print, so it, it just had that smooth elegance of kind of transitioning from one colour to the next because that pattern continued all the way through. Yeah, superb. I I love this so much. Well, that was the pattern challenge. So next up, we have the transformation challenge, which was to repair some old denim and to beautify it with sashiko, which means a little stab. Um, and it's a traditional form of hand stitching using large um, running stitches uh, to patch uh, a hole in, in cloth. Uh, they provided them with embroidery thread, I think with various different fabrics for doing the patching. Um, the only thing I say before we start talking about how they got on, I don't think they gave them enough examples of what Sashiko is. I completely agree with you there, because one of the notes that I did write down was it really felt like a blind challenge. Yeah, it seemed to me like three of them didn't do enough Sashiko. Yeah. And it felt like the reason why they didn't do enough is because they weren't really 100% sure what it was. Yeah. And I think that what they should have done is had a number of jeans laid out with different Sashiko mm-hmm. on. A little bit like in last week's 1930s, where they had all the adverts for the blouses up around the room. Yeah. They could go and take inspiration. I felt it was a little unfair that they were giving them a technique, which is quite a slow technique, to be honest. Yeah. It's it's kind of thing that if I was going to do, which I will one day, this will be me sat in front of the TV for an evening, um, you know, slowly patching up a pair of jeans or whatever. It's not something that you tend to rush. No, I completely agree. This did feel very, very unfair. It felt like a very blind challenge because they very out of the four just didn't really know what they needed to do and I thought that was quite unfair of the judges it was an interesting challenge because I think we forget sometimes that there's more to sewing than just making a garment Mm, and that's what I quite liked about this one because even though I did feel like we were missing that element of taking three old shirts and making them into a prom gown um i think we do forget sometimes that there is more to sewing than just the creation of a garment um so yeah i liked the fact that they were kind of focusing more on that kind of decorative stitching sort of 
challenge and doing something a bit different. But I think it would have been nice if they had a few more options and maybe didn't open up the haberdashery because I think that tempted some people mm. to start going a bit more applique rather than what's it called again? Sashiko. Sashi- yeah, Sashi- yeah. I think you've brought up quite an important point now, actually, Sean. Because sewing isn't just about the creation of new garments from cloth. It is about repairing already existing items, which is quite an important thing, actually. If you have stuff in your wardrobe that you don't wear because it's got a hole in it or because the, you know, there's, uh, the knees are wearing out or whatever, it is an uh, important skill to be able to repair that so that you continue wearing it and so it doesn't just get dumped in the bin and go to landfill. Mm-hmm. And it did reminds me of early series of sewing bee when they would give them a garment and say change the collar on this or put a yeah. pocket on that so it kind of was a bit of a throwback to some of the yeah. earlier series where it was more like you know take up a hem and it, it's very classic sewing skills yeah and this kind of turned on its head because it was classic sewing skills but from japan yes um so yeah, I think that's it was quite an interesting interesting challenge there. So at the bottom we had Deborah um coming bottom in both of the first two challenges. So I was a bit worried about Deborah going into the mm-hmm. She picked a pinnacle dress. Um and yeah, like you said, she had grabbed some stuff from the haberdashery and there was a lot of applique on here. And where she'd put patches on, she'd done like a zigzag stitch using the machine, which is kind of not getting the whole point of Sashiko, where it's, you know, it's a a mending technique by hand using thick thread. So I just feel like she didn't hit the mark, but because she didn't fully understand the what she was being asked to do, because there wasn't enough examples. I will say I felt like Deborah should have at least have been third. Oh, interesting. Um, I I think someone else should have been fourth in this situation. Uh, but going on the judges and their decision, um, yeah, I got patchwork applique. It was cute. I liked what she did with it. But yeah, when she started doing the machine stitching... It defeated the object, the the whole point of the kind of brief and what they were supposed to do. So, yeah, it it wasn't my favourite. Yeah, it's I don't really know what else to say. I've kind of said everything on my notes. Yeah, I think this is going to be quite a quick one, to be honest. Yeah, this is probably going to be one of our shortest episodes. (laughs) So in third place, we had Brogan, who had gone for a shooting star theme and she'd put on kind of ruffled ribbons pearls there wasn't a lot of sashiko um it was a lot going on it was quite a busy skirt in the end um it was cute and i could see some really cutesy girls liking to wear that um but again there wasn't a lot of sashiko because they hadn't really explained it properly so there's not a lot else you can say there no, and I, I kind of felt like even at the end of it, Brogan didn't actually understand what Sashiko was. 
And to be honest, I don't even think I still really understood what a sashiko was by the end of this challenge. <laughs> but yeah, I, to be honest, I would have put Brogan fourth on this. Um, and it was more of the fact that when she started getting the pearls and kind of pleating the ribbons and I was like, this doesn't sound like the example they were giving at the start of this challenge. Um, yeah, there just wasn't enough actual kind of stitching and embroidery kind of stitching from what I could see. It just, it was patches, pearls, ribbons, and it just almost became a bit like a kind of arts and crafts project for my taste. Um, yeah, it was, it was cute. I really liked the idea. I love the fact that she did like the shooting stars and we did get some hand sewn stars on it. But yeah, it just, I don't know, it was, it just didn't, from what my minimal understanding of what Sashiko was, and it just felt like Brogan's was the polar opposite of what she was supposed to be doing. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think Sashiko items are usually quite, the actual items themselves are quite simple and understated. And... Yeah the hand stitching is the real hero there and I think there was a lot of bells and whistles going on with yeah. that. So second place we had Amy who had it was a denim jacket and she'd also gone for a star motif and she had added African um, print fabric to the collar and in the patches. I thought it was super cute but again it really just wasn't very much Sashiko for the challenge. No, I thought this was cute and I loved, I mean, Annie does love uh, wax print, doesn't she? Yes. She really does. And I can't blame her because I think wax prints are utterly beautiful bits of textiles. But yeah, again, she machine stitched a bit. There were a couple of little stitches in there. It felt more patchwork applique rather than sashiko. And I know that makes me sound like I'm some weird sashiko expert. I'm really not. But when you looked at the example that the judges showed off and then you looked at the bottom three and their work that they produced, it just it didn't correlate with me. I liked it. I liked the fact that because I, lo I love a patchwork denim jacket, but yeah, it just, it didn't scream. And again, this is, I think the judges should have given more examples and maybe had some around the room so people could have a look and see what was expected of them. Because it, it just, it felt like a blind challenge. Yeah, it was very much like on um, Great British Bake Off when they tell them to make a cake that they've never heard before and yeah. they have no idea what the hell it's supposed to look like and it's supposed to have a very specific kind of like thing on top of the cake um yeah it just yeah um so in first place we had Manu who had chosen a sky theme and she had done um clouds connected by a rainbow there was a lightning bolt now there was a lot of hand stitching on this uh poor little hands were yeah after there was a rising sun it had a lot of sashiko on it. There was a lot of um, thick uh, 
hand stitching with the embroidery thread. Now, she might have not done it before, but I think Manu was more familiar and had seen this before. I know that she um, has gone to a lot of kind of uh, Comic-Con style things and um, watched anime and made uh, costumes from Japanese animation and is familiar with Japanese culture, I think, more than the other yeah. competitors. Uh, she knew some Japanese words. So I believe that Manny probably come across Sashiko or seen it. So she clearly had more of an idea of what Sashiko was. Yeah, I mean, she even said that she'd done that kind of cute bit of embroidery um, while she was doing a Harry Potter marathon. So, yeah, I think she's probably come across it before and had a better understanding than everyone else did. And I thought hers was dead cute. I love the rainbow being connected by the two clouds. I love the lightning bolt. I loved the rising sun. Again, it paid homage to Japan. I thought this was dead cute. She deserved first place. Yeah, definitely. It was it was miles ahead of the other guys. Yeah. It was in a whole different league um, in comparison. And it, it actually made me think, you know, I want to try this sometime. Um, my sister's got an absolute um, shitload of embroidery threads. So <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be raiding those at some point and um, and trying this on something because I think it's really cute. And if you look online, there are hundreds of different styles of so she go to try different geometric patterns yep. and all sorts. So there's a lot of inspiration out there for anyone that does want to give it a go. Well, if you want embroidery threads, I'll send you up some because I had to buy some for a project, but I only wanted green and I couldn't find the right shade of green anywhere apart from in a multi-pack. So, uh, yeah, I've got tons of threads. <laughs> I've got tons of the stuff. So well, it's it's all yours. Eventually, when I um, when I come and visit you, I shall raid your stash. Sounds like a plan. So going into the final challenge... Annie and Manny had both been kind of on the top end of the scale yeah. and Deborah had been in fourth place twice and was kind of in the danger zone and Brogan had sat third place twice so was also not in a great position. Now the final challenge they made to measure was an origami dress in five and a half hours which had to be bold, striking form, wearable with 3D elements. Now, going alphabetically, we're going to start with Annie, who had produced a pink strapless dress inspired by her origami bunny. It was asymmetric. It had bold shapes. It included boning. I thought that there was a lot of difficult technique she'd set herself here, um, pleating detail, doing the channel channels for the boning. It looked very well sewn. Uh, it looked like a cute party dress like a very modern mm -hmm. party dress and I thought she did incredibly well I thought this was beautiful I loved the colour I she did so well and it was so crisply sewn as well it was just yeah phenomenal it was so so beautiful I, I there was nothing that I could see that I could critique on 
Um, she used the she used the taffeta, didn't she? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. So she used the right fabric because it's that you're able to get nice crisp lines from it. She, this was genius. It was so clever. It was so beautiful, and it's also something I could see Annie wearing. Mm, yeah. It was very, very Annie. If there, if she had a brand, that would, that would be her brand. And it's it's funny because I'm trying to remember now, and I think Annie was either a lockdown sewer or she only started sewing not long before um, kind of COVID and all that. So she hasn't been sewing for years and years and years, but she is just knocking out of the park with very difficult sewing um, Mm -hmm. techniques that she's trying and maybe a lot of this she's trying for the first time and she's doing it on TV in front of a film team and in a high pressure environment so she's doing just incredibly well I mean it's just amazing and the growth that I think Annie's had as well um, over the competition has been fantastic and she's really I think one of those people who is a natural born sewer and has a real um, talent for understanding how fabric moves and how it sits on the body and how to sculpt it with stitching. So, I mean, it's just uh, mind boggling. I'm going to say this now. I think Annie's going to (sighs) win. Well, (laughs) I, I just, after seeing her growth from the first episode to this episode and how well she has been doing recently i can't help but feel annie is going to take this home you know she she might do and she's so talented i mean it would be well deserved i mean they're all great but annie has really recently shown some incredible skill and she could do it and she wasn't to begin with she was kind of on the edge of my top three and she's always kind of been teetering on the edge of my top three and she's been in and out of my top three for the final and just the last couple weeks have just blown me away she's been I I think I could see Annie taking home the trophy I I I can just I've got a feeling she is going to be on you sewing bee champion Oh, well, we're going to have to wait till next week to find out. But it it was beautiful. Uh, there is nothing I can fault. It was just amazing. Great choice of fabric. Great colour choice. Also, I like the fact, like Patrick had said, because she did it all in one colour, it showed off the pleating and the detail works so much more. There wasn't a distraction from other patterns, other colours, it was really, really simple and minimal, but really effective. I think you're right. I think if she had chosen to do block colours or if it had been a pattern fabric, it would have been too much. Mm-hmm. It would have just been too busy and too much going on. But because she just chose that pink and it was the structure of the dress that was really singing, it was a really genius idea and something which you know some people might have thought oh maybe it'll be a bit boring just to do it in a plain color and just one color but actually it was a very smart move the other bit is that dress could become so commercial as well i could see that in several different colors 
Oh yeah, all day long. That could yeah. that'd sell loads on ASOS or somewhere, yeah. definitely. All right, let's stop falling over Annie. Let's yeah. let's let's move on to Brogan. So Brogan had made a red and pink neoprene dress which had a wavy waist hem. It had floral um details around the neckline where she'd made flowers out of the neoprene it had kind of a ruffled shoulder detail and it had a interesting cuff with kind of circular shapes of the neoprene that had created quite a lot of movement um the only issue i had which is the same as what the judges had said is when she had said it was good she was going to be using neoprene and i've used neoprene quite a lot in the past as well is i did think to myself is this origami because neoprene you will not get a fold in neoprene it can be very structural you can put a dart in it and you can put some um beautiful kind of uh shapes in it and it can hug the body but i don't think it's really origami no, I I completely agree with you on that, and I did think that was the nail in the coffin for Brogan. Um, seeing as Christian went out last week, mostly because of a poor fabric choice and using a stretch material when they were supposed to be using the bias of the fabric. Oh, I found out something about that. Oh, go on then. On Christian's uh, Instagram, he had uh, put that when he'd ordered it, um, he hadn't realised that there was stretch in it. And it was only when it arrived, I think, on the day. And oh, he no. It, then he realised this has got stretch in. But at that point, it's too late. Oh, no. And it, 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 might have, it was a very brief thing he'd put on Instagram, but it might have been on the website that he was using. Maybe they didn't mention that it had stretch in it. Um, oh, they might have oh, that's composition. just broken my heart. Yeah, so it was one of those things that, bless him, he must have gone into that final challenge and realised this is stretch fabric. And yeah. I didn't want stretch fabric. But oh, that's just broken my heart now. Oh. <laughs> anyway, we should get back on with Brogan. Yeah, let's get back to Brogan. Let's focus on the now. Um yeah i i could see the inspiration she said it was based on origami lotus flowers i've made loads of them i love making them great fun i didn't get origami at all from her dress um i felt like this could have been the end of brogan's sewing time in the sewing room i have to say i disagreed with Esme I hated the colour combination <laughs> I really really disliked the colour combination um, and red and pink can look really really good together but there was just something I don't know maybe I just focused on it wasn't origami and that's why I disliked it so much or that it was just a very very busy garment Um but yeah, I did not like this at all. I don't feel like it ticked any of the brief. Um, and I think the judges were actually unfair 
to her judging compared to Man Yi's judging. Um, yeah, I I didn't like this, and I was genuinely worried for Brogan at this point because I thought someone's already gone out because of a bad fabric choice, and you've picked neoprene on origami week. It's not a good idea. Um, yeah. I I just really didn't like this one at all. It was possibly actually my least favourite garment I've seen this whole season. Oh. And I know that sounds harsh, and I know there's going to be lots of people who disagreed with me, but yeah, when the assignment brief says origami dress, and origami means that it's got to be folded, you don't pick a neoprene. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't feel so strongly. I didn't mind the red and the pink. I thought it was quite a cute dress. I'm not a massive fan of a wavy, um, the wavy kind of waist uh, where the red and the pink met. I wasn't a massive fan of that. Um, but I've seen that on other dresses and I've never been a particular fan of that, to be honest. I never think, I never think curves like that sew that well together yeah especially in certain fabrics but from a distance when the model was moving i thought it was a fun kind of party dress it had a lot of movement and bounce to it that neoprene will give you um i agree yeah that it didn't really tick the box for origami for me either because it wasn't crisp folds that are creating that 3d shape um it was very well sewn though um you know she's an incredibly skillful sewer yeah um yeah it was just i the other thing i i did pick up on as well is esme said oh yeah it it it's a really great fit but for me there was something funny going on at the bust and i couldn't mm. work out what was going on because it looked to me like the body section was kind of almost compressing or pushing the model's boobs down a bit, like flattening yeah. them. I, I didn't know whether that was a dress or whether that was the undergarments that the model was wearing or what, but there was something funny going on there. Um, but we're not there in person, so no. judges are. So I'm sure if Esme said it fitted well, it, I'm sure... It, it must have fitted well. Anyway, we've been talking about Brogan for quite a while now. Um, <laughs> moving on to... Deborah. Now, Deborah had been inspired by Mount Fuji and the cherry blossoms of Japan, and she had chosen a white fabric and then used kind of blues and pinks to create a uh, a, a trim around the bottom, which was origami folded flowers. I thought this was so on brief and i felt the the shape of the sleeves was beautifully done they were sculptural they were very modern i've seen catwalks where they've had sleeves just like this it was a very elegant bold design i really think deborah saved herself with this dress I'm not always the biggest fan on Deborah's made to measures. As, You're not. <laughs> as I've said, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just, it's not that I dislike her sewing or her sewing style. It's just not always been to my taste. But this was phenomenal. This just screamed origami. It screamed Japanese. 
it was just beautiful. I got the reference. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's one of those ones that if you looked at it, you would have just gone, oh, it's a pretty dress if you hadn't known what it was referencing. But this was just amazing. I was completely gobsmacked. And when she said that she was doing, like, what was it, like 100 flowers or something that she was going to put on it, Mm. I was sat there going, oh my God, like, is she insane? Is she going to be doing these individual origami paper fabric flowers that she's going to then have to sew on? And then when she started doing the kind of bits of fabric, I was a bit like, okay, what is going on here that's supposed to be flowers? And then when she started really playing with the shapes in it, I thought, that is genius. Because you're giving us the flowers, you're giving us that gradient. It was beautiful. It was minimal. It was stunning. It was crisp. And when she kind of did the, uh-oh, because I think she had a little issue with the sleeve and said, like, when you're sewing so many layers, it's hard to tell what's what sometimes. But this was utterly beautiful. It was honestly one of my most favourite things I've seen this season. Um, possibly even more than Jill's uh, yellow with leopard bomber jacket (laughs) like seriously this was phenomenal it was so chic i could see people at events wearing it it was stunning and i'm not always a big fan on deborah's sewing but this was just mind-blowingly beautiful yeah i would agree i think it was such a standout dress that you could go to an event like a gallery opening or something um, and really wow people with that. I could easily see her remaking that dress and where you've got the flowers around the bottom in the like pinks and blues and stuff, just doing them black and white. Yeah. And it would be so geometric and Mm -hmm. bold. Uh, That would be beautiful. Or making the whole dress in like black would be stunning as well. Or making the dress a little bit longer. And just having a bit more of a gradient with flowers. Mm. So many ways that this could be transformed into something else. It was just beautiful. She's got a really good eye, I think, Deborah. And uh, she quite often produces some very elegant chic, not always to your taste, but some very elegant and chic outfits. And that's something that I think you know some people just have just a really good taste level Um, and I have to say as well um, Deborah always dresses impeccably as well and (laughs) I love her dress I loved what she was wearing this episode yeah my husband Alex commented as soon as the episode started he said oh I love what Deborah's wearing and I thought back and actually in almost every episode, I've liked what she's wearing. Yeah. And I'm going to assume that she probably makes most of her own clothes. Yeah, I think she does. And she has got an absolutely amazing fashion sense. I Yeah, and like I said, her sewing isn't always to my style. I, it's just my particular taste. But you cannot ignore that that woman has got some amazing talent and that level of taste is not something that you can just develop that is something that is a skill in itself and yeah she 
just looks amazing all the time. I I would love to go shopping with Deborah. I would I think absolutely she, love to go shopping with Deborah. I think she's a little bit classy for us, Sean. Yeah, I mean, yes, she is, but maybe she could help me get an outfit so I could look like a normal human being. Because uh, I will let you in on something. The other, so I am finishing college as of tomorrow. I presented my report on Tuesday, and I turned up to college wearing my short dungarees, my black and white leopard print shirt and my teal um cardigan and a pair of black and white uh high top trainers walked in and my lecturer who i adore to bits turned around and looked at me and she went what on earth are you wearing and i went what do you mean and she said you're a 30 year old dressed like a toddler with an 80s complex (sighs) how rude you know what i cracked up and i went you know what that is how Next time someone asks me to describe my style, I will tell them I'm a, a 30-year-old toddler with an 80s complex. It's like, you know what, that you I know I love her to bits and I know she was joking around with me, but I was like, you know what? That is one of the best ways anyone has ever described my fashion style. But maybe Deborah could help me find something a bit more smart and grown up when I don't feel like being a 30-year-old toddler with an 80s complex. Maybe for a special event or something. Yeah, when I need to look smart. Right, so we've talked about Deborah now for quite a long time. So moving on to the final contestant, we have Man Yi, who had made a cream dress. It had kind of navy and red pleated folded detail at the bottom hem and around the armholes. It had a disappearing collar, which I thought was incredibly cool. I'm not 100% sure how on earth she did that and managed to keep that shape in the dress. Um, now, moving on to areas that I wasn't so keen on, it had a massive origami crane stuck on the front and it looked like it was stuck on the front. It wasn't really integrated into the dress. And so when the brief said, it had to be an origami dress. It did feel a lot like it's a dress with, you know, a little bit of origami elements in it, i.e. the collar, and then some origami stuff kind of thrown on it. So I was kind of a little bit worried for Manny here because it was quite a simple dress. There were some issues with the fastening where she couldn't decide whether to put a zip or to have the keyhole detail. And then the hem wasn't really neatly done so I was kind of worried that she was in quite a safe position before the made to measure and then she put herself into kind of a danger zone with this design what did you think about the design the disappearing collar was genius I thought that was so so clever I think it could have helped being a little bit more crisp um because yeah, it just kind of felt like a kind of floaty feature. Um, but I think had she really pressed it, I think it would have given more of an origami feel to it. I get what the judges were saying, that it was quite a simple dress. Um, and I do kind of understand what they meant by it felt like the crane was just stuck on there. But when Patrick was saying, oh, there's too many different patterns and prints and stuff going on I kind of felt like it needed it 
I think had she done it all in one fabric, it wouldn't have worked as well. Um, and I I didn't hate this. I actually quite liked it. Um, yeah, she might have taken the brief a little bit too literally with the whole kind of I'm going to stick an origami crane on the front of it. But yeah, I didn't hate it. It wasn't my favourite. But I still feel like she was safer than other people. Um, And I think even though it wasn't the best, with her track record in the last two challenges and someone using a non-origami fabric, I still felt like she should have been safe. And I think she was judged a little bit more harshly than Brogan was? Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree. Uh, this was like my least favourite thing Manny had done. And I was quite excited to see what she was going to do because she's been quite inventive in pre-made-to-measure. Yeah. So I thought, oh, she's going to do some kind of incredible sleeve that like transforms or there's going to be some kind of bodice which has got like sharp spiky bits coming out of it or, you know, there's going to be something... And then when it was kind of like a crane that was kind of sewn onto a dress that it looked a bit sad and the crane was kind of stuck between the kind of crotch and the tummy and it just wasn't a flattering place to put it and it was just seemed a bit too big and I just was not a fan of this at all. Um, But going from the brief, you got origami from it. I I got more origami than Brogan's, but yeah. I don't think it ticked the box for origami because I don't think the dress itself was origami. I think the it it only just had the collar that felt origami. It just felt like a regular dress with origami stuff thrown on. Fair. So Fair for me, it, it was like a half tick in the box. Yeah. Brogan didn't really tick the box, but Manny felt like she only kind of half ticked it and I could have forgiven her if it had been finished really well if that bottom hem had been beautifully done if the keyhole had been really nicely done but it wasn't either so it kind of like didn't really fully tick the box and it wasn't finished so I was kind of a bit disappointed with that well I have to say like just because we've got the four I rank them in the order that I felt that they deserved. And I also kind of did it along being inspired by college, giving them a resubmission past merit distinction. Uh, So Brogan, I felt like she needed to do a resubmission. She didn't meet the assignment brief at all, um, just because I I didn't get origami at all from it. Wrong choice of fabric, needed to go back and really think about it because there was nothing really that crisp about the whole garment. Manny, I gave her a pass because it had some origami features to it and even though they weren't the best she still had origami in it. Um, Annie, I gave a pass to because it was beautiful it was really well done it was it was stunning but I had to give my distinction to Deborah on that because it was just phenomenal. 
Yeah, I think I would have. I think I would have ranked them the same as you. Um, I think I, 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 I feel a little bit less harsh towards Brogans and a, a little bit more harsh towards Manny's than yours. But I would have still ranked them in the same order. Yeah. So the garment of the week went to Annie's origami dress. Do you agree? Yes and no. I thought it was beautiful, but I also felt like Deborah's deserved it. Yeah, I know where you're coming from here because I also really enjoyed Deborah's. I also didn't know whether they were going to pull out Annie's kimono. Kimono, because that was so well done. It looked. So I good. completely agree with you on that. It was one of those. I was like. There are two of Annie's and one of Deborah's that could be Garment of the Week here. And it could be any of them. Yeah. So I mean, good good for good for Annie. I mean her dress yeah. was it was beautiful. I I think I prefer Deborah's over Annie's slightly. Um but you know, just personal choice. Yeah. So then we come on to the shock here. Now when Sarah was talking about the when she said, oh, this is the bit that I don't like, and her voice started to go a bit, and I was thinking, oh, no, I was thinking either Brogan or Manny's going, and Esme had her head down looking at the floor, and I thought, oh, God, this is going to be emotional, and when they said, I had jokingly said to Alex earlier in the episode, I, I said, oh, I bet no one's going home. When Sarah Pascoe said, no one's leaving, Oh my god! And the tears, and they were shocked. It was, it was a really, it was a really cute moment. It was a very, very cute moment, and you know what? As much as it was controversial for sewing B, I don't think they could have sent anyone home. I really, it was so such a close call between Manny and Brogan that it they were on level with each other when it came to who could have gone home. Um, yeah, I, I'm i very, very happy because it's nice to see Sewing B break their format up a little bit and actually recognising that sometimes people have a bit of an off day and they really pick it up and they deserve that chance to really stay and fight till the very end. So I am very, very happy, but I did have in the back of my head this was going to be Brogan's last episode. Earlier on, I was I, I had to Google the show. Um, I wanted to look at something in my notes, and I was Googling the show. And when I did, the first couple of things that came up were like very like news websites. So it wasn't Daily Mail, but it was something like that. And it was like uh, people disgusted by sewing bees. I read that one. Oh, and I just thought people need to get a fucking life. Like, seriously, um, are you that upset that four people go into the final instead of three? Like, get over it. Like, really, like, there are a lot more serious things going on. And the judges, the judges are looking at everything they've done. And in this episode, people kind of forgot that Deborah came last in the first two challenges. Mm-hmm. She was amazing just at the end, but she came first in those two uh Manny had done well at the beginning but then done badly at the end um so it was a very difficult position for the judges to have to judge those four the only really safe one was Annie going in yeah to the final so 
I just people uh, just say this stuff to get clickbait and to get you know people riled up about stuff people need to chill out I think I read the same article as you and it was from the express and saying about how people are disgusted and this controversial decision blah 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 and I'm sat there going one it's only been like not even 24 hours since the episode aired so no I don't think people are actually that disgusted also when you look at the express and half of the stuff that they have reported in the past I can't imagine they actually had many sources of disgusted viewers uh got a feeling they made up that but the one bit that did make me chuckle was that they misspelled Deborah. So, uh, and they in in a couple of lines they called Deborah Debbie. I was like, no, it's Deborah. Like, if you're going to report like a story and make something up, at least get the people's names right. But uh, yeah, to be honest, I don't believe anyone was like disgusted by it. It's what an utter load of rubbish. These four deserve where they are, and I am really happy. I am really impressed that Sewing Bee have broken their format a little bit and they've allowed the four to continue on. I think there's going to be a lot more pressure next episode to really, really step it up and outdo it, outdo their competitors. But yeah, I I was thoroughly impressed. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, one bit I do want to bring up though and I had to watch it a couple of times because it did make me chuckle was um, when Sarah was uh, talking to the judges and uh, it almost appeared that Esme choked when she said that she agreed with Patrick (laughs) I I can't really remember what bit it was I tried to colour coordinate all my notes so I kind of have a rough idea and then stupidly, I wrote this bit in blue and no other bit is in blue. So I can't really remember what it relates to. But there was just a little bit where it almost seems like Esme choked on her words because she actually agreed with Patrick. Um, I also loved uh, Sarah's failed origami pun when she'd said, oh, I hope no one crumples under the pressure. Oh, no, I mean fold. I was like, oh, my God, seriously, you had one line. <laughs> one line that you had to get right and that. I can't help but feel that was a little bit staged at the same time. But either way, I loved it. But um, yeah, first time we've had a top four in the final. It's exciting. Yes. And two of them are from my week one. I said in week one, Manny and Brogan were going to be in the final. I think my third was Marnie. Mm -hmm. And we've already discussed that we're still... We're still in tears over that. Um, so it was quite interesting to actually get... Um, I'm just trying to flick back in my notepad just to double-check that is actually what I said. Yeah, here we go. Uh, top three predictions. Marnie, Brogan, and then I put Annie in brackets, um, and then Manny. So that those were my top three and a half. Yeah. So kind of got it right based on week one. So that's quite interesting. Do you remember who you'd said? I think it was Marnie. Well, I I definitely know it was Marnie. I'm trying to think now. I know... I'm going to have to go back and listen to the first. Yeah, I know I had uh, Chi-Chi and Christian as those that I'm really excited to see. And then Chi-Chi went out the next episode. So I felt like I kind of jinxed her a little bit. Um, No, I think... 
did you have a top eight like you did last year? No, I actually, I might have. I can't remember. <laughs> I'll need to go back and listen. But I know I had Manny and Marnie um, because I was gobsmacked by Manny's organza dress. Um, I can't remember who my third was. Yeah, I rem- I do remember you having Manny and Marnie. Yeah. I, I don't remember who your third was either. No. Anyway, we shall we will look that up. Um, one other thing that I want to say before we say goodbye, there's only one more episode left, is um, one of the uh, Sombi contestants had posted a story on Instagram and it, it, it made me quite sad and angry at the same time that they had posted, I think it was kind of like a screen grab of somebody being just nasty on Twitter um, and saying nasty stuff about them. I just want to say to people, I'm sure none of our listeners would do anything like that, but I want to say to people, don't be a hater. Like, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Don't go on social media and, like, say crappy stuff about the and be um, contestants. Like, these people have given up their own time, their energy. You know, they might have had to sacrifice stuff that you don't know about so they could go filming you know not having a holiday or whatever and they're going there to have fun so don't go on social media and be like i don't like so-and-so because of this and i think so-and-so is a whatever like just stop it at the end of the day as humans we're, we're not always going to get on we're not always going to like people and i mean i could probably there's probably a huge list of people that don't like me but at the end of the day, be nice. Like it's it's a sewing competition, and like you said, Rob, there are people who have given up their time. They've also had to probably be quite secretive about doing this, so they've probably not been able to tell a lot of people that they're doing this. They've probably given up time. They've probably given up, put themselves into kind of financial difficulties because they might not have been able to work as often as they did. They might have had to use up and like. A lot of their annual leave to do this so at the end of the day if you've got nothing nice to say don't say anything at all if you're going to do a little critique like rob and i do on the sewing challenges and how people did in the challenges fine fair enough but don't be nasty about it because there is no need for it Exactly. And I, and I would hope that all of the Sony contestants that know that everything that we say here, we've got a huge amount of respect for mm-hmm. they've done. And, you know, when we don't like a dress or whatever, it's just down to basic personal, you know, a, a opinion on something. And we think that they're all incredible, incredible, so yeah. incredible people. And you, we've just got the most amount of time for them. Um, for giving up uh, giving up their time and, and being part of the show but yeah be kind people be kind there's just no need for it there's just no need for nastiness in this world we've got enough going on as it is without someone starting a twitter feud with a sewing bee contestant and at the end of the day if you've got enough time to start a twitter feud or an instagram feud with one of the sewing contestants maybe you need to evaluate your own life and find something else to do yeah and half these people are are like criticizing they probably don't even sew so they don't even realize actually how difficult some of this stuff that they're doing anyway right let's not end on a on a negative no next week is the final are you excited 
I am very, very excited. Like I said earlier on, I think Annie's going to take this home. I just have a feeling, just with her progression and her growth throughout the competition, I have just got this feeling Annie's going to take it home. She could do it. I mean, they're all incredibly talented sewers, and I think any of them could do it. If any of them have a bad day, you know, it's over. They have a good day. You, They could take it. I will be enjoying it with a large glass of bubbly, and I am looking forward to it. And I will probably be enjoying it with a large pint of water because I'll be working the next morning. Oh, I'll have I a drink. Know. I'll have a drink for you, Sean. Thank you. That sounds <laughs> like a plan. Right. That's me done. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Bye. Bye.